This morning we read from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, the, the Philippians. The church at Philippi was one of the first churches that was ever founded in that area. It's one of the oldest churches that exists. And it's a church that Paul loves. He has a special connection with this church. He had a a close relationship with them, and it started on his second missionary journey that you can read about in the book of Acts. Um, And this letter is written probably about ten years after he had a relationship with them. Paul wants to instruct them in ways to align their lives, their attitudes, their spirits, and their souls um, with God. And I suspect it's a good word for us to hear today as well. I I hope it is. I believe and and I hope that by reading this today we can take it as an instruction of sorts. A reading, it's a reading, I think, that expresses how we handle our faith, how we embody our faith, how we live it. Uh, Paul reminds us that faith here is not something that is lived uh, well. It's not lived faithfully. It's not lived like Jesus if it's lived with, with brashness and, and bluster and, and bravado the kind of things that we see around us outside every day. Uh, Rather, he closes this reading with, uh, your relationship with God is something that you do with humility, that you work out with fear and with trembling. So seeing our faith and living out our faith is different than just living in, in the world. Think about that. Consider that. Let, let that thought set in, hopefully, and hopefully some words will emerge for you as we share in a reading from the Epistle to the Philippians, chapter 2, of verses 1 through 13. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy... Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, 
enabling you both to will and work for his good pleasure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a word that's been making the rounds in my life, I guess, uh, but maybe in yours too, a word uh, that's not typically in the vernacular. The word is empathy. Have you heard the word empathy lately? Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Now, I confess, I have often confused sympathy and empathy, and many folks have done that. So I looked up the definitions, right? It's what you do. Just type, type it into the Google machine. And the difference is subtle, uh, but, but something we can all grasp. Sympathy is feeling sad because something happened to someone. Empathy is knowing how someone feels. So, sympathy is being sad because your friend lost a pet. That's sympathy. I'm sad because my friend lost something. Empathy is knowing how your friend feels because you've lost your pet too. You see the difference? Now, did you listen to that scripture reading? I mean, when we really listen, empathy is kind of a pertinent word because I think that's what's being instructed here. And it's something that all around us is lacking, and I'll get to that in a moment. Many of us, though, we we want to convey how we feel about things, which I think is important, but scripture calls us to something else first. When we consider the reading from Philippians 2, there's very little from the scripture that connects to what we see in the world, which means if we're truly listening to this passage, it is either irrelevant or it's going to cause us to have to live a little differently, which I think means if we're going to be God's people It's going to take work for us to be people of love and patience and kindness and humility and empathy. And it'll be important for us to know the limits of our empathy as well. Now, all around us is the opposite of empathy. Everything around us vies for our attention. In the first chapter of a book that I've really only read, like the first chapter of, because it's like, well, the title is The World Beyond Your Head, and the book in many ways is Beyond My Head. But the author, Matthew Crawford, explores his surroundings at an airport. He's considering where he's at in an airport terminal. As he walks around this terminal, everywhere he looks is an advertisement for something. If you've walked through an airport, you've seen this. And then, when there's not places where there's an advertisement, there's a television screen. And on the television screen, the TV is tuned to a channel that he didn't choose. And it's conveying news that he probably doesn't even really need. Whether you've noticed this at an airport or at a doctor's office, you've been somewhere where a TV was on that you didn't ask to be turned on, right? He notices that there's so much chaos going on around him, so many other things vying for his attention, that the important announcements of flight changes can hardly be heard over the intercom. 
And as he walks from one gate to the other, there's that person who's really kind and friendly and is ready to offer you a free flight. And all you have to do is sign up for the Sky Points Advantage Miles credit card. You've probably, if you've been through the airport, you have seen all of these things. And if you haven't been through the airport, it's okay. You're not missing out because you've experienced this at the mall. Every window display is set up to grab your attention. Every line of advertisement is designed to stick in your head. Da-da-da-da-da, right? Or you go to the grocery store, and, and in the grocery store what we have is a mosaic of gigantic corporations who have been competing for our eyeballs, which is why the character mac and cheese is at this level, but the organic mac and cheese is unreachable by somebody who's five foot two. What's the point? The point is that in addition to those experiences above, all around us, everywhere, news, social media, sports, politics, fashion, entertainment, when we're honest, when we look around, everything outside of these walls screams, look at me. At airports, grocery stores, shopping mall, social media, TV news, the world needs us to look at them. And their life is measured in selfies and followers and ratings and reviews and clicks and likes. And every one of those instances, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Does that sound anything like Philippians 2? There's nothing that sounds like Philippians 2 in that. Which I suppose begs the question, is Philippians 2 out of date Or is it more important now than ever? It's jarring to think about all those other things and then come back to this passage, which is the point. It is the point. When we consider Philippians 2, think about what stuck out, what words stuck out, what phrases stuck out. Or if you're one of those people who's been using your Bible for a long time and you've underlined and highlighted things, What is marked? When I get ready to preach a text or when I'm thinking about what to title a sermon many weeks out, I take a a copy of it and I highlight it. I highlight the words that stick out, the ones that pop out. Do nothing from selfish ambition or, I like the NIV version, vain conceit. In humility, regard others better than yourselves. Look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Emptied himself, form of a slave, humbled himself, obedient. Every knee should bow, every tongue confess. Just as you have obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If you have a Bible that's highlighted, if we collected those all, all of those phrases would have popped up. All of these things are the things that we're being driven to and drawn to as God's Christian people. 
Christians have a call to look at life in a way that's opposite brashness and bravado. A way that is opposite than, look at me, look at me, look at me. We are with, to, with humility work out our salvation with fear and trembling because we don't have all the answers. We don't know all the ways. We are not the experts. The Lord is. The Lord is the one who is all-knowing. And so we are, as, as God's ambassadors, to operate with humility, to put others' interests before ourselves, to be like Christ and humble ourselves, to empty ourselves and to bend our knees and confess that Jesus is Lord. This is, these words, they're important, they're powerful, they're difficult, very difficult. But this is what God is calling us to embody. We don't see this a lot. And if we live this way, we may not be seen. It may not be seen that much because because it's the opposite of look at me, isn't it? But it's, it's us not telling others how they should be. It's not being focused on their actions except as it relates to how God is calling us to relate to them, to love them, to listen rather than speak, to defer to someone else rather than to defend yourself, and to consider your neighbor, your brother, and your sister as better than yourself. We are to be slow to speak and slow to anger. We are to be humble with kindness and in that way be the light of the world. I guess I could go on, and maybe that's all just very vague, and if it is, I'm sorry. But, but no matter what makes for meaning out there, what makes for meaning in here as God's people is different. What we see is that faith cannot come through brashness and bluster, but faith in Jesus Christ is something we embrace with fear and trembling. We hold it with open hands because we all approach the Lord inadequately. We all approach a God inadequately, but we approach a God who is slow to anger, abounding in kindness, and full of love and grace. And so... We should approach one another that way as well. Because just as we approach God with humility, because God has something to teach us, if we approach our neighbor with humility, our neighbor might have something to teach us as well. And that might be what God is trying to teach us. In a way, I think this is how we must live if we are trying to be God's people. I'm going to close with some words that a friend wrote He said he was going to use them this week in his sermon too, so uh, maybe that's the spirit of World Communion Sunday. We're all sharing one another's sermons. But he wrote, We all want to be loved and embraced. We often expect people to love us like we want want or need to be loved, but is this fair? What if instead we loved people like they wanted and needed to be loved? What if we didn't demand that people love what we love, but we love them for who they are. And what if we did not condemn them or call them ungrateful if they didn't love what we love? This is a sort of incarnational love. It's hard. It goes against our natural tendencies. But it is the call of Christ, for this is how God first loved us.
I think these words convey the gospel that Paul is trying to help the Philippians embody, and by extension us. The faithful people love and listen. Jesus' people care and comfort. The children of God are humble and seek health. Because one doesn't love while judging, one isn't humble while shouting, and one doesn't hold faith with fear and trembling if one is always quick to speak and slow to listen. We are called to be God's people, which means we are called to embody a faith and a life that is different. We're called to embody a a spirit of love and sympathy and empathy and care. And as, as, as tempting as it is, we're to remember, faith is not about, look at me. I pray today that we might be able to listen well and humble ourselves. That we might be able to find faithfulness and love, just like a Savior who didn't consider his equality with God something to be grasped. But he humbled himself in love. We are to be humbled, to to listen, to serve, to care and provide, which is what we see in Jesus, who humbles himself, who serves us, who cares and provides for us. And maybe the most, and in the most simple of all provisions, reveals himself to us through a bread and a cup, which we will share in very soon. Amen.